Hello and welcome to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities, a network of campuses providing a transformative education for a diverse undergraduate and graduate student population, the future of our country. I'm your host, Sean Creighton. Our podcast speaks with insightful experts about current and future issues in higher ed. Thanks for joining us. In honor of Women's History Month, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jessica Taddeo. Jessica is a senior majoring in political science, philosophy, and dance at Roger Williams University. She is president of the College Democrats at Roger Williams and also served as a political director of the College Democrats of Rhode Island. Jessica is already serving as a field coordinator for the National Organization for Women after completing her internship through the program at the Washington Internship Institute. Jessica has spearheaded nationwide voter mobilization efforts and led workshops at conferences in Chicago and Houston. The Washington Internship Institute is governed by the New American Colleges and Universities. If you'd like to learn more, please visit WIIDC.org or drop me an email at Sean, S-E-A-N, at WIIDC.org. Jessica Tadio, welcome to the NACU Podcast. Hi, Sean. Thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited to talk to you and learn more about you and what you're thinking and what you're doing and your plans and all that. And I thought we could begin by having you tell us uh, a little bit more about you and you know everything. Where do you go to school? What are you majoring in? When do you graduate? All that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, hi everybody. My name is Jessica Tadio. I use she/her pronouns. I am originally from Medford, Massachusetts. I tell everyone I'm five minutes north of Boston without traffic. Um, I currently am a senior at Roger Williams University in Bristol, Rhode Island. I'll be graduating in May with a dual degree in political science and philosophy and a minor in dance and performance studies. And when I graduate, I'm going to be heading back home for a little bit, living and working at home. So it's a very exciting time of year for me. We're wrapping up the undergrad journey over here. You know, what made you, I was going to say, go into this field, but really (laughs) these fields, (laughs) what made you go into them? Yeah, so it's a mix of things. And I think, honestly, I feel very fortunate to have been one of those people who's always had like a really strong sense of what they felt called to. So as a child, my parents always said to me, you'd be a really great lawyer because at the ripe age of five, I was already very argumentative, very passionate, very much the kid that always asked why this, why that. So they're like, you need to go be a lawyer or something. And so for a long time, that was kind of my idea. But as I came of age, around like 13, 14 was when we saw the first election of Trump. And so my grandfather, who has a military background and just like a conservative working class background, he always had Fox News on in the house. And so that was kind of my first time being exposed to politics directly. And I just felt really passionate about standing up against everything that I was seeing through what my grandfather watched on the news. So I became involved in that regard. I just started looking at candidates and like who was running and how this worked and went on to take government classes and history classes so I could really interact with this material at a deeper level. And I was really lucky enough to be raised in a place where civic education and participation and just this kind of like accepting community 
energy of where I'm from, I was just surrounded by people who were very passionate and were activists in their own right for a number of things. And that contributed to my field of study as well. So then when I went to college, it, it made sense for me to do political science and also philosophy because I've always had a love for that kind of wonder. I've always been a very curious person. And in high school, I did a lot of ethics in a lot of my classes. And so I wanted to continue that at a higher level. And it ended up really being a really beautiful marriage between the coldness of politics and the tenderness of philosophy, which is how I describe it to everybody. And it really gives me an interesting perspective on how to humanize politics. And I think without that overlap, I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do today. So it's been really informative in that regard. And I'm also a dancer and people wonder how that plays into what I do. And I feel really passionate about the idea of counterculture and protest and making a statement and how as people were very political. So as dancers, we're also very political. So just creating art with that in mind has been really rich and really wonderful to be able to do everything that I love in a way that's very fulfilling and reaches a lot of people with that interdisciplinary aspect. And Roger Williams, is has that been a really great place for you to kind of explore and bridge all those things? Yeah, it's been a really wonderful experience that obviously comes with ups and downs. What I will say is that because my university is rather small, I get a very one-on-one -on -one tailored education. So I'm always in my professor's offices. I'm always talking with them and meeting with them and have a wonderful relationship that has informed a lot of my work. I know that you did an internship in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask you about that and Maybe first just have you tell us about the organization and, you know, its mission and purpose and, you know, what your role was like and some of the things that you worked on. And then uh, we'll just kind of start there and see where we go. So last year in the spring semester of my junior year, I was living and working in Washington, D.C. I was lucky enough to land an internship with the National Organization for Women, which is the largest and oldest feminist grassroots organization in the country. So having the opportunity to work for an organization with that rich history was just so incredible to me. My job title or kind of my responsibilities, I was on the political action committee arm of now. We kind of have three separate branches. We have a political action committee. We have our Now Inc., which is just like the normal nonprofit kind of main sector. And then we have our foundation. So you have different people in the organization working on different branches. So what I focus on is the political action committee, whose main goal is to essentially support feminist candidates running for higher office. So what I did is through my time there, I was responsible for screening candidates, bringing candidates to my supervisor, kind of tracking what they were saying on social media and what was getting passed and signed through the legislature just to kind of see who had our best interests in mind. And when we are looking for candidates to support, we're looking for candidates that are really strong on what we call our six core issues. So economic justice, reproductive rights, constitutional equality, LGBTQIA plus visibility, and racial justice, equity, and generally overall encompassing fighting for an intersectional feminist agenda globally. And so all of those ideas guide who we're supporting, who we want to uplift, because at the end of the day, the goal is to elect people to office that will protect these interests and go to Congress. 
and we'll fight for those things. We also did events, we did social media. So we, I wore a lot of hats over my time uh-huh. as an intern. And I was fortunate enough to come in at a time where we had just got a political director after having a vacancy. So my supervisor and I were starting around the same time. So we had this opportunity to kind of build something from the ground up and start over with something new and fresh and exciting for the new political climate and era that we were entering. So that was a really wonderful opportunity to be able to shape where the pack is going. That is really exciting. Yeah, and it connects so well with what you're studying and working on and your passions that you've alluded to. Did you find uh, anything that really stood out as uh, some of the more challenging experiences during your internship? Yeah, perhaps the one that I think was the most challenging, besides learning how to use Microsoft Suite, because I was always a Google (laughs) Suite person. So switching to Microsoft, that was a bit of an adjustment. But in terms of like the real thing that I've noticed, because the organization has been around for so long, it's been around since the 60s. And, you know, I think every person has probably read about now in some sort of textbook and having it be around for that long is both a blessing and a curse in the sense that you have people who were alive in the 60s and 70s that are still very vocal in the organization. And because they have their way of moving the agenda forward, it's not everybody's way of moving the agenda forward. So it's just kind of the, it made the idea that these groups fighting for rights and justice, they aren't monoliths. And so I think that's something a lot of people tend to assume that like, oh, they're a feminist organization. Of course, they're going to want equity for everybody, but it doesn't always shake out that way. Mm-hmm. And so there's a back and forth of the new and old. And it's not to say we don't have the same principles or, or want the same things. It's just the way in which we're going about it are very different. And so me being the youngest person there has given me a lot of perspective about this kind of thing and learning how to get one step forward three steps back and being okay Mm -hmm. with that because that's very intrinsic to any sort of political organization or grassroots activism that's just kind of the way it goes so seeing that manifested in a way that i hadn't before was definitely the hardest thing for me because one i'm i'm not always patient when it comes to kind of work like this like i'm just like all right let's go all in let's get it done and see where we can go So learning how to practice that patience and understanding the reality of where things are given internal politics, external politics, and just like the dynamic of the organization itself is definitely something that I had to adjust to and learn how to work with to be successful. I mean, did this experience, I mean, I'm always fascinated with internships because they they really can influence um, young professionals in so many ways, in very positive ways, in terms of kind of reinforcing what it is you want to do in the future. But also, you know, I've certainly talked to students who were, did an internship that in an organization in which they decided they did not want to do that type of work going forward. How did, you know, your experience influence, I guess, your thinking today about where you want to go, uh, you know, what comes next? Is law school still on the table or is that a- I love this question. I really do because I went into the internship last year with the idea like this is a test case for me in the sense that is this genuinely what I want to do? Do I want to be in the political circus of life in America? And for a long time, 
between the social upheaval of summer of 2020 with the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and just the politics of COVID and overall tension and unease, for the first time I was like, well, like, is this something that I can do in good faith? Because I have the idea, had the idea of like, you have to dismantle the structures to move it forward because they're intrinsically awful. Like that whole philosophy was very front of mind. So I was like, okay, like I have to go to DC with this in mind to understand if this work can be benevolent, honestly, if this work really can make a difference in among all the noise and the bickering that is like American politics. And so I went in and I, I fully enjoyed my time. I enjoyed the work I was doing and really did feel like I felt good about it. And at the end of the day, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be able to say that I felt good about what I was doing. And so coming out of the internship, I felt that way that allowed me to realize how I wanted to tailor down what I was doing. So I found out that I really like the idea of political communications. I like talking to people. I like guiding conversation. I like hearing what people have to say. I like shaping messaging. I love writing. I've always been a writer. And so having had done a lot of that made me really excited to eventually do it in the future. I realized that I'm not always great behind the scenes. I like the face-to-face time with people. I like making connections with people because I think words can be really powerful and personal connections can be very powerful. And in politics, when you're working in a grassroots organization, those conversations are what makes the difference. And so to have been able to also do a lot of that was really formative and very gratifying. So I wouldn't say law school is out of the picture because I've always been somebody who loves education. I come from a family of teachers. And I think that informed my personal philosophy, which is why I enjoy being president of the Dems so much, because I essentially just get to talk and teach and ask questions and pick brains. And it's just, I love doing that kind of thing. And I'm going to continue going to school. I want to go to grad school. I want to get a doctorate. I want to go to law school just because there is so much to learn. And I believe there's more power in what you don't know. So always going to be curious and searching for more, searching for the new way to do something has become my mantra through this work. And so that is something that was clear to me or made clear to me during my experience. It just solidified what I enjoy, what I know I can be good at, and how I can make a difference through that. Wow, that's really powerful um, to reflect on that and, and that experience. I mean, it makes me want to ask now, do you see yourself you know, running for office someday? Is that <laughs> <laughs> See, I always had the belief that, and I think I, I this very well could have been like a West Wing episode or something, but just this sentiment that like the people who want to be in power should never be in power. And that kind of stuck with me in the sense that the types of people, and I think, you know, working and living in DC, maybe you've experienced this firsthand, but the people who are always searching, when you ask them what they want to do and they want like a title or they want a position, it honestly makes me wonder, like me as Jessica personally wonder like, okay, so what's your intention? Because I'm a person who does a lot of things with intention. And so when people ask me the would you ever run for office question, I say, I'm not sure because I think it -hmm. depends on what the moment necessitates. And I do try to be very mindful of my identity. Like I am a white woman from a middle-class background in liberal Massachusetts. And so like, I need to keep that in mind when I'm doing this work because this work is supposed to be intersectional 
in this work is supposed to have the end goal of diversifying the people in office. So if the moment doesn't need another person like me running for office, then maybe I won't. Maybe I can be the person that helps somebody else get elected. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that I would never do it because there's so much more time in my life, in my career, in my work. And I really do feel called to leadership genuinely. I love working with the college Dems so much because I can see the effect that this has in real time. And so that part of leadership is really powerful. Maybe, you know, I'll go home and I'll run for like city council. Like, because I think local politics is something that is a little more attractive to me in the moment than something more national. But who's to say it would never happen? So you had the opportunity, you know, to work for a national organization in our nation's capital. What did you think of one, like living in our nation's capital and, and the experience that you had there? Growing up as out of Boston, you're used to a bigger city. And uh, what was that experience like? I honestly loved it so much. I was really excited to live and work in D.C. just because I was excited to have an experience that was just mine, like me alone in a new place and like all the opportunity that could bring. So I was excited for that specifically. But living and working in D.C. was wonderful. And I do want to move there eventually. So knowing that I felt comfortable in the city, getting around a safe city, a well taken care of city, it felt like a great place to live and work in the future. So being able to explore that on my own terms was really wonderful. I did miss the winter a little bit. I know that's kind of a crazy take, <laughs> but I'm I'm very much enjoy the seasons New England brings. So to have it be 75 degrees in March was a little bit of a, a little bit of a change, but nothing I couldn't deal with. I enjoyed how walkable it was. I didn't miss my car at all. And so that was really nice, just being able to have fresh air and sunshine every day, like have that time to just like enjoy my walk to the train station and like find a new place to go every weekend or like never have the same cup of coffee twice. Like that was really exciting for me. And so I loved living and working there and I can't wait to continue living and working there. You know, it's a very um, student friendly city uh, with so many opportunities uh, to do things for free. Uh, with all uh-huh. the museums and yeah, the, the history and the architecture and all of that. And so, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit already through this. You know, what are your future plans? What are you thinking about? When do you graduate again? Did you, is that coming up? Yes. So I graduate yeah. um, at the end of May. I believe it's May 20th. And then, so after that, um, I mean, go back to the Boston area and try and do something there or, or, or come back to DC. What, what, are you, what are you thinking? So the plan is, um, I was fortunate enough to be hired full-time after my internship ended. So ever since May of last year, I have continued my work at NOW. I am the field coordinator at the PAC, which is a position that we've never had before in the organization's history. And so not only am I the first person to hold that position, but I'm also the youngest person on full-time staff there, which is kind of crazy to think about. But it's, it's a really incredible honor in that regard. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to have that position and maintain that position while completing my full-time academic schedule, which, as you know, is a little bit crazy for the average <laughs> person. <laughs> so I have been able to keep up with the responsibilities and now the same idea of figuring out how to reach our members, build generational gaps, find candidates that are candidates that we can build up and support 
to create a new era of feminist political power. That's usually what I like to say. And so I've been doing that kind of work throughout my semester in school, and it's a remote position. Um, so I can be based out of Boston for the time being. So my plan is to go home, continue my work at now remotely, save up some money, and hopefully move to D.C. within the next year or so. I hope to stay dancing, and I'm fortunate enough to live in an area where art and culture is very prominent. Boston has a lot of wonderful modern dance companies and organizations that are very supportive to artists, so I'm really excited to do some work in that regard as well. It's really important to me to continue that artistic expression because I think my life would be a little empty and boring without it. And it's also really important to me just because artists, specifically dancers, they're activists in their own right. And one of the things I try to do in my work or like the strategy that informs my work is building coalitions to move our agenda forward. So when we start like inviting artists in or scientists or historians into this kind of political activism, you're diversifying the amount of people that you're speaking to and you're reaching more people because it becomes about their experience in this country and not who they identify with politically. And so when you go back to like these communities and talk to them directly about what they need changed, that's pretty awesome. And so to be able to continue that when I go home by working remotely and like joining artist communities in my area, I get to do all the things that I love without the stress of doing it through an academic schedule. Well, Jessica, we're so happy we had the opportunity to talk to you today on the NACU podcast and to have you as our guest. And we, uh, we're excited about your future, and we'll, we're going to continue to kind of observe from afar, and, <laughs> and maybe we'll have the opportunity to have you back in the future to talk about all the, the amazing work you're doing, uh, leading change for your communities and, and for our nation. So thank you very much for your passion and for being our, our guest today on the NACU podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here, and, and thank you for you know being in a position to support students in their endeavors and helping other people do the same thing. Thanks for listening to Connect, Collaborate, Champion. As president of the New American Colleges and Universities, I am honored to work with our network of innovative campuses committed to increasing the social and economic mobility of students from all walks of life. A special thank you to our producer of this episode, George Drake Jr. To learn more about NACU campuses, visit nacu.edu.